0: The Braves don't have a lot of questions to answer except in the rotation. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Jay Black, and we have team coverage of spring training this week. Hi, Coastal. Justin Toscano is down in Florida, and Gabe Burns is in Camelback Ranch, Arizona. And he returns to the Braves Report. It's our Beat Reporter crossover edition. So, uh, uh, Gabe, how's uh, Justin doing?
1: He's killing it, man. He's doing a great job. It's good to be back. You know, I figured, you know, I'd be back sometime soon. I've been on the D-Led Talking Falcons, and now I'm back talking Braves. So, you know, I wanted to do everything. Here I am, I guess.
2: Gabe and I have had many a conversation about the Braves uh, over the past couple months, all on the phone, um, most deep into the night, deeper into the night than probably we would have liked to have gone. So, it's good to get this like actually on the record now.
0: This will be a daytime conversation, or nighttime, depending on how you want to consume this. But coming up, we will dig into who are the leaders to fill out the last two or maybe even the last three spots in the Braves rotation. We'll get a Ron Lacuna update. Who takes the reins as the big man in the clubhouse now that Freddie Freeman is gone? And we'll explain why Gabe is in Arizona. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to this show yet, please do so on Apple or Spotify and give us the rating you think we deserve so we can grow this thing. This is the Braves Report, presented by Kroger.
3: What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger+. Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today.
0: All right, so before we dig into the midway point here of spring training, Gabe's gotten a promotion, and, and man, you've been kind of all over the place this year. What's your new role here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution?
1: Yeah, so I am doing, like, everything, um, whatever the situation calls for. Uh, I've, obviously, I've been hopping around with the Falcons. I've been doing pro days. Uh, I was in Indy when Georgia won. The Hawks, and, you know, I'm with spring training uh, back underway, you know, kind of coming back to familiar territory seeing everybody again. I went down to Florida for a few days. Justin got a little bit of a break. He's been grinding down there. And it was good to see everybody again. And, you know, for it was kind of nice for me, too, you know, just the kind of having the comfort and just knowing where I'm going, knowing everybody. You know, I've been doing something new every single day, getting to know all these, you know, different teams and different people. And that's been a lot of fun. But, you know, there's something to be said every now and then for a little familiarity. So uh, that was a
2: nice change of pace, too. Just imagine – going out on the Braves beat on top with the World Series and, and just leaving from there to do sports features.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, had to leave, I had to leave on top, and, you know, I, I left with Freddie Freeman, I guess.
2: At least I didn't leave Atlanta. <laughs> uh, yeah, your exit was a little more graceful. <laughs> a little bit. Well,
0: we'll, we'll talk about this in about 15 minutes or so, but go ahead and explain why you are in Arizona.
1: Yeah, I, I came out here uh, just to spend a little time with Freddie and just talk to him about, you know, obviously about his exit uh, there's been a lot said about it he's you know uh, he did his press conference so to just kind of touch base on that and you know look at his new team what he's got going on here obviously this is a big uh, rivalry with the Braves now these teams feel, feels like they're going to meet every october now just get kind of what his emotions are going to be like when he eventually faces the Braves again and it was, it was a good conversation. Uh, I've written a couple stories about it already. And, you know, people can't get enough of Freddie. Uh, he's an icon for Atlanta. He's an icon for the Braves. And, you know, even though he's a Dodger, he, you know, he'll, he always will be. So uh, these stories are going to keep popping up when he's facing the Braves in April uh, in L.A. and when he's facing them in June, which he's already got. Uh, he already booked a 52-person suite for that. Uh, and he's going to get his World Series ring there. So that's going to be obviously a really big deal when he comes back.
0: All right, so we'll dig into that a little more here coming up in about 15 minutes or so. But we've got a couple of weeks left to go or so in spring training, and and the Braves don't have a lot of position battles really anywhere, especially in the lineup, except to fill Acuna's role for about a month. The bullpen's more than fine, and so is the first half of the rotation. But that back half is really fascinating. Before we dig into kind of the internal candidates here, Justin, are you surprised that the Braves – did not sign a veteran
2: yeah I am um and I think what they went is uh a version of quality over quantity and what I mean by that is I think Alex Anthopoulos gave us kind of the inside thinking publicly a couple weeks ago after signing Kenley Jansen when he said that look they've really been looking for an impact starter whether on the trade market or via free agency haven't found one so they were going to strengthen their team in other ways and use that money and in other ways, um, and they strengthened their bullpen to, to kind of give them coverage uh, in case that back half doesn't hold up as well. Uh, but I am surprised they didn't sign, you know, a veteran or at least another proven starter, uh, proven to some degree. But now you look at, you know, the names that went off the board since the lockout, and it, it kind of makes sense. They already paid a really steep pro- price for Matt Olson, couldn't afford to give up more prospect capital and use their money otherwise in free agency. I've been
0: kind of waiting for a full free-for-all homegrown battle in the rotation because a lot of these guys have been bouncing around in that Gwinnett to Atlanta and back carousel for a couple of years, especially Tukey and Kyle Wright. And and, and Gabe, a lot of these guys, you know, they either didn't get the time to seize the opportunity or never really did sew it up when it came. That's been the story for
1: really a few seasons now With uh, with most of these guys. It's been obviously Kyle Wright was a top five pick. He's a guy who, you know, has, you know, had a lot of upside coming out of Vanderbilt. Some thought, you know, it looked for a minute there like he was going to go number one in that draft. And Tucker Davidson is an interesting guy. Obviously he showed some promise last year. Oscar Noah was fantastic before the injury. I mean, yeah, they certainly have options here. Uh, each one of these guys has shown enough flashes to make you think that there's something there, but at the same time, it's, it hasn't been there consistently with any of them for different reasons and it would make sense like it would not shock me at all if they still added a starter before opening day uh but i would guess it would be more in the mold of a guy like when they added Annibal sanchez than you know any kind of big ticket trade or, or anything like that as justin was saying so alex and his staff do a great job identifying guys uh they do seem to squeeze the most out of these fringe players you know they get the career year out of a guy like Charlie Culberson you know Matt Joyce was big for him uh Danny had some big hits for him I mean they just seemed they're just really good at identifying guys so it wouldn't surprise me if you know depending on their comfort level uh with the with all of these young guys competing for spots if they did kind of end up scooping somebody up and you know that just further bolsters your depth either way
0: Justin is it fair to say the finalists are right Moeller Davidson and you know him
2: yeah, that's fair. Um, and to go a step further on that, Brian Snicker today after today's game, um, we're recording this Sunday, said that he would say, uh, <laughs> I double checked with him just to make sure. He said that Wright and you know would probably be the front runners. Um and I think that a lot of people think that would make a lot of sense. Um and Gabe, I mean, you've covered the team. I think uh if I went back in the Gabe Burns archive of your time on the Braves beat, I would probably find Yanoa, Wright, Davidson, Moeller, um, and probably about fifty percent of your notebooks uh, mentioned at least somewhere as these guys have come up and down and, and had different roles. But I think a lot of people think Wright and Yanoa makes sense. And Gabe, I'm wondering if you have you know any insight on that from your time covering the team and why you think those guys might be just natural front runners, even if the competition is still open.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think everyone kind of figured Anoa was going to get one of those spots. Uh, I think it's still a question whether he stays a starter long term. But for right now, he certainly makes sense, you know, as far as those options are concerned. You can throw, I mean, he got optioned to AAA already, but Tukey's another guy in that mix that you would find in every single notebook I would write every spring. (laughs) He was, uh, obviously, he's not in the mix here anymore, but he's another guy whose name is just, you know, been in and out for years. And with Kyle Wright, it does reach a point that we, we kind of just have to see it now. And the Braves admit that the situation, the circumstances haven't been great for him, uh, getting kind of yanked up and down. And last year was big for him to just pitch and, you know, not have to worry about coming up and down as, as he was previously. So this is a big year for him as far as proving his future in the organization. I mean, this is. You know, he, he's not exactly got peak trade value either. So, I mean, just overall for his career, this is a huge year. And if he's a guy who could really step up for them and, and even just produce at the rate of, you know, a number four starter, which is what you expect, uh, that would be really big for this team. They have enough guys who are capable of covering innings. They just need to find the consistent consistency to actually do so. Yeah. Also, also sorry about all this wild noise, but this is what happens when you do a podcast from a stadium. There's nowhere quiet.
2: <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's uh, the typical sports writer thing. And kind of to add to what you were saying, Gabe, I think it's interesting that when you look at Kyle Wright, uh, I think part of that is look, like a a number five, you know, a fifth overall pick is going to get every opportunity imaginable uh, to carve out a big league career, despite the circumstances, whatever they may be. Um, And on Moeller and Davidson, I mean, those are two guys who have had pretty good springs for them. And I think when we're looking at um, the way Alex Anthopoulos might be thinking, um, right now, perhaps the Braves feel like they don't need to, you know, immediately need to bring in anybody else. They might bring in somebody like depth, like Anibal Sanchez, like you mentioned, Gabe. But because they have so many options, I mean, they really have four guys who could fill those two spots. Um, that might become three spots if they use a six-man rotation to kind of get through 14 games in 14 days to start the season. But um, I think something else we've got to think about when you talk about the rotation is the potential for an opener. Like some somebody like Colin McHugh, And so I think the Braves really have four or five options even for two spots. Um, So I think in that regard, uh, they're sitting kind of pretty because the rest of the club looks really good. But we also have to be kind of wary because we're really banking on um, Freed, Morton and Anderson having great starts and uh, great years in this whole rotation conversation.
0: You both had the AJC microphones there in Northport to, to talk to really all the finalists. Here's Kyle Wright and his optimism coming after what he did in the World Series. Being able
1: to to pitch in the World Series and, you know, prove to myself that, that I was capable of, you know, pitching at the highest level at the peak of our sport. Uh, so I feel like at that. It's just confidence. It's, you know, a little different. Um, I feel like I, I finally kind of get back to my old self a bit. Uh, I'm not trying to do too much. And I just feel like I've grown up a lot. You know, you a got a lot of good teammates, a lot of good
4: uh, veteran mentors that you learn from.
0: Tucker Davidson's coming off three perfect innings this weekend. Here's what he's working on.
4: Attack the strike zone. Right? Kind of, that's kind of been my uh, MO this whole spring. It's just kind of let's get ahead and good things happen.
2: What's your goal for this season?
4: Obviously, I want to make the rotation. I want to break with the team. Um, but I think, honestly, any way I can help, if that's in the bullpen, if that's in the rotation, we're going to need all of us this year, especially with kind of how short spring training is. So just given the opportunity to go back to the World Series.
2: With uh, about a week and a half to go before breaking, what do you think those chances are of making the rotation? I think
4: good. I think I just got to continue to go kind of. Anywhere the team needs me, I'm going to be able to help. Um, if that's out of the bullpen because we need a long reliever or if that's a six starter or a fifth starter, whatever the case may be, I'm here to do whatever it
0: takes. And here's Kyle Mueller on what he wants to accomplish.
4: You know, I think over the minor leagues, if you start worrying about things you can't control, you, you drive yourself crazy. Like, why am I not at this level? Why haven't they called me up? You know, stuff like that. And that's that's a that's a dark hole you don't want to get into because you don't make those decisions. And then that, that starts to affect your play. So for me, uh, I've kind of learned that over the years that all I can do is focus on, you know, what I do every day to, uh, give myself the best opportunity to have the, you know, the people making the decisions, make that, make that choice. Um, so that's, that's been my biggest thing is, uh, you know, try to have, make them make the tough decision and, uh, just perform to the point where, you know, they gotta put me there.
2: The mindset of why am I not here? Why am I not at this level? Yeah. When there's so many players in the minor leagues in a baseball organization, is it tough to avoid self comparison like that? Like, would it yeah. be like people you can, here, or other places?
4: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things. Cause you know, you're, especially when you have friends that are other pitchers, you're like, they do great. But then the first thing that goes through your head is you want to do better. And it's not, in like, you're never rooting for somebody to do bad, you know. That's a that's a bad teammate, and like a lot, I'm friends with all these guys, so I want everybody to do well. I just want to put it on myself to perform better.
0: Justin, you got a lot out of uh, Kyle Muller there in the in the clubhouse.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff, uh, and I really appreciated his honesty and kind of openness about that, because I do think that it's it's a really tough thing when you're going up and down. You've got so many guys in an organization, and look, like those guys are your good friends. You spend a ton of time with those guys, whether it be at spring training, um, minor league or major league camp, or at the affiliates. Um, and I think that Kyle Moeller touched on a part of it, you know, with self-comparison and and not really, you want everybody to do well. You just want to be better than everybody. I think that mindset um, and that attitude is really fitting. And Charlie Morton actually had something pretty good about that today after the game is, you know, when I asked him what he's seen from kind of the candidates in that um, back end of the rotation competition he said that it really just stinks to see you know it hurts to see as a teammate because it's really tough for those guys' careers you know when they're competing against one another like that but I, I do think um, going back to the bigger picture of this competition something Tucker Davidson said in those sound bites um, that the Braves are probably gonna need all those guys I do I do fashion that to be true uh, every year any team the talk about the rotation, Almost goes out the window by the first or the second month because you need so many guys to get through a season. And I think Brian Snickers said that multiple times that, like, you know, you look at even the minor league arms, it's like they're going to need all those guys, um, all those fringe guys to get through a season. So there's going to be opportunity there. It's just going to be a matter of who snags it. And I think that answer is going to become clear this year.
1: Uh, Yeah, we talked some about Kyle Muller. You know, it doesn't, it seems unlikely he's going to be part of that opening day roster, but he's really, really intriguing. And his upside is probably above the rest of these guys. We saw some real flashes out of him last year. I mean, we watched him go against DeGrom, you know, the start he had against the Reds. I mean, there was a lot of promise there and he can be erratic, but clearly the the physical tools, I mean, they really jump out. If you just watch him throw, if you're able... You know, anyone listening, if you're ever able to kind of get close enough to watch him throw, uh, it's it's really impressive, and it's one of those. He's just a, you know, obviously he's a he's a really big guy. Uh, he's just somebody who really stands out. And look, sometimes these type of guys, you know, they just wind up relievers, uh, but certainly he has the potential for more. Um, they're not going to rush him, but it, again, like he's got he's got a little more time than some of these other guys because he just debuted last year, but. It's going to be a really interesting year for him because I'm re- and I'm really curious to see how he does because again the upside there is is really really high.
2: Upside, you know, literally too. Uh, Kenley Jantz is a tall guy and uh, Kyle Muller <laughs> towers over Kenley Jantz. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy. Another guy we've talked about a lot, Tucker Davidson. Um, and something he mentioned is you know willing to do, being willing to do whatever is needed for the team. Uh, and I think he could you know even make an impact in a in a long relief role. Um I think he looked, you know, his last spring start was really, really crisp, um and, and very good. Uh Brian Snicker was happy with it. Um Tucker himself was happy with it. I think he's a guy to watch out for. They're gonna need a lot of these guys, as we've said, whether they're in the rotation or not. And I think Tucker Davidson, whether or not he makes the opening day roster, um, could impact the club, you know, as a starter or eating innings, you know, as a long reliever, getting them from the opener and bridging that gap uh to the back end guys in the bullpen. Um, I think that Braves have a good amount of options for that. And I think Tucker Davidson's a guy to watch for, especially with his development over the last year.
0: And Gabe, I think you was kinda almost sort of the, the the forgotten one in this group because you know if he if he didn't try to defend his honor against that bench in Milwaukee, he was the Braves' best pitcher for those first six weeks.
1: Yeah, he was also uh, a really good hitter, if you remember during that period. I mean, that was that was, he was it was really the season of the Noah. Uh, before that really unfortunate uh, you know and again he you know, he let the he let his anger get the best of him and and you know, that happens and he you know he hopefully he learned from it he says he did but yeah i mean we'll see if he can gosh if he can replicate that they, they have it made um but you know that's going to be a tough ask we'll see what happens with him not totally sure he's a starter long term but if he's going to be this would be a good season to prove it
0: Justin, what is it is it gonna be six? Is it gonna be five or do they know yet to start?
2: They don't know yet. Um, I think those are two, you know two options they're considering. It's gonna be interesting because I think you're gonna want to get guys like um, right you know, innings um, and starts and, and that first turn through. But with 14 games in 14 days, uh, no off day until you're three, you know, four series in, uh, after four series will be their first off day. I think there could be an opener in there. I think at at some point they could, you know, deploy, you know, employ a six-man rotation because of that, because you're going to want guys, they're not going to be as built up as they traditionally are coming out of a regular spring training, even though they did do work before reporting to camp. They don't know yet what it's going to be. They're considering everything. I think the Braves really um, proved last year and showed that they, you know, they're willing to use openers. Uh, They're willing to piece games together, resort to bullpen games, do all that. Um, and I think they're going to need to get creative, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do considering after that first homestand of the year, they go to play four in San Diego and three in LA uh, against two teams that, you know, should be, are projected to be NL contenders along with them. Um, and two teams who, you know, the Dodgers more than the Padres should have pretty potent offenses. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do do with that rotation. Um, But in terms of opener, you know, we talked last week, Colin McHugh is a perfect guy for that. And then the rotation competition, they do have a ton of options. So they really could go a matter of ways here, especially because they're going to have, you know, the expanded rosters as well.
0: The Braves Report is brought to you by Kroger. And this truly is the best time of year between spring training and that little golf tournament coming up around the corner at Augusta and some serious basketball to enjoy. That's why our friends at Kroger have you covered if you're planning a party for the games this coming weekend. Savings are always a slam dunk at Kroger, so you can get everything you need like chips, snacks, deli trays, and more at a discount, plus you can click digital coupons and use those five times to save on participating basketball watch party favorites so shop everything you need for game day either at your local kroger store or shop online at kroger.com slash basketball by the way how many did you get in your final four justin
2: oh uh let's just um i plead the fifth on this one no i got i got a, an astounding zero in my final actually actually i had ku i actually had ku so i got one
0: one for you two for me gabe I'll be honest. I've been
1: running around and doing so many things. I did not even bother with a bracket this year and I've missed and I've missed like almost the entire tournament. So, you know, maybe next year.
0: Well, that's uh, duty calls, and that's why you are in Arizona. Uh, we, we mentioned you, you, you are the only local reporter that uh, that has gone all the way out there to check in on Freddie Freeman. That's part of what you get with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And if uh, you're not subscribing, please go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, so you always know what's really going on. And you can read the first of what's well, going to be a few stories uh, that Gabe has gotten from Freddie Freeman so uh, so first of all, how's he doing?
1: Yeah, uh, he's getting used to, (laughs) he's getting used to his new life as an LA Dodger. Um, Obviously, you know, it was just nice, you know, catching up with him and being able to talk to him a little bit. Uh, Just about, obviously, um, you know, his former team, the one that we've been talking about here and, and his kind of new life as a Dodger. And, you know, he says he's trying to meet three people a day. Uh, trying to you know add all that up and you know he's his first spring training in Arizona obviously so you know things are things are pretty new for him uh, he's he's got it circled on his calendar uh, when he's going to come to Atlanta and face the Braves and he's going to get his World Series ring there he had the choice of either getting it in LA or getting it in Atlanta and he said it was a pretty easy decision there he wanted to get it in front of the fans and even though they're going through a breakup right now he hopes that uh, you know he hopes that everybody. You know, just remembers the good days, and he he understands that he'll probably be cheered and then be booed, and and he he completely gets that. So so yeah, I mean he's you know he's working through it. Uh, Obviously, he's got a a star-studded clubhouse here. I mean, these two teams, these are the best two teams in the National League on paper. Uh, I think you could argue they're the best two teams by far, and uh, we'll see if it plays out that way in October.
0: How did his conversation with Alex Anthopoulos go? Have they kind of cleared the air?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I wrote it in a story. He and Alex talked, and, and they're on good terms. Obviously, he apologized for kind of, you know, the way things were handled in the press conference. I don't think it's any secret that oh, everybody involved was upset. This is not this is not the result that anyone thought was going to, to happen, right? Uh, and these are human beings. I know that a lot of times people forget that, but people get emotional. You know, Alex cried. Uh, that was a I mean, look, he just acquired obviously a star first baseman, but he lost one who just meant so much to the franchise and to the community. And it's understandable why, you know, why Freddie would be kind of upset and angry with him over the way that things unfolded. It wasn't what, again, not what the parties thought was going to happen. So naturally emotion comes out of that. They've cleared the air. Uh, Look, they're two adults, they're fine. Everything is fine. Ultimately, The bet here is that it works out for both parties. Matt Olsen, I think, is going to be really good for the Braves. Uh, He's younger. They've got him signed long-term. And uh, it would be quite the upset if Freddie did not win a World Series with the Dodgers. So, ultimately, uh, I I think that it'll be okay for everybody.
0: Well, speaking of the Dodgers winning the World Series, this was a soundbite heard around baseball this weekend. The Dodgers will win the World Series if
2: we play – a full season and there is a postseason
4: wait we are winning the world series in 2022 so but i know
2: where you're going
0: with that no what we're do you- winning the world series this year put it on record you are winning the world series we are winning the world series that's our focus that's our goal of course as dodgers manager dave roberts on the dan patrick show gabe who is the better team right now
1: you know i think it's a i think it's a real conversation uh, yeah, everyone's going to talk about the Dodgers lineup, rightfully so. This Braves lineup, if it's its not far off. And I think that the Braves have a better bullpen. Um, you know, there were some departures there with the Dodgers. And I, I think the Braves are as well set up to go against them as, as anybody. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, we'll see what injuries happen and everything. But, but these two teams are pretty close.
0: Justin, you did a little reporting on this on AJC.com this weekend, but – does the clubhouse need a central leader to be successful now that Freddie's gone?
2: I think in some sense, yes. Um, and that doesn't mean you will replace a guy like Freddie Freeman's leadership. But I think in some sense, whether it's Travis Darnot, Dansby, Swanson, Max Freed, a combination of the three, the clubhouse needs a couple f- or you know, even a few central figures that when they speak, kind of like Freddie Freeman people listen. And, you know, in my conversations with Braves players, they feel like they have that by committee. Um, they feel like, you know, they've been through a lot together and that if anybody speaks, you know, anybody's going to listen. Tyler Matzik said that, you know, part of being a good leader is being willing to listen to ideas from anybody and from anywhere. And so I think I think it's a little, you know, if fans are worried about replacing Freddie Freeman in that regard, I think that narrative is a tad overblown. You know, I think this club is going to be fine, but look, like leadership does matter. And for so long, the Braves have had a steady dose of it from an even keeled, measured, but passionate guy in Freddie Freeman. Uh, who's going to take over? You know, we don't know. And I think it, Brian Snicker said it best this week and, and saying, How's it going to go? Well, I'll let you know when we're sitting here, you know, talking in a year from now. I'll let you know how it went. And so I do think that there, there has to be a, at least a couple central leaders or guys that command more respect. And I think there are in this clubhouse. And I think Freddie Freeman passed a lot of that on to the young guys. Um, And I do think that the leadership by committee can succeed. Uh, Another thing Tyler Matzik brought up was just that when you do have a leadership by committee situation where everybody's pitching in, you delegate those responsibilities. It's not on one person. And that one person doesn't feel, you know, the weight of the world on their shoulders as they try to also perform playing Major League Baseball. And so I do think this can really work. Um, And I don't think the Braves are going to, you know, um, I don't think that clubhouse culture is going to tank just because they lost number 5.
0: You and I were talking in our pre-show meeting that uh, one guy we have not talked much about yet uh, in the return of the Braves Report podcast is some guy named Acuna. He came to the plate a few times in a simulated game on Sunday against Max Fried. how do he look?
2: <laughs> he looked uh, He looked like Acuna. He jumped on that first pitch, uh, Max Freed's first pitch of the day, a fastball, and, and drove it to the wall <laughs> and pretty much had the oohs and the ahs from... Uh, from those who are watching, yeah, he looked like Ronald Acuna Jr. He looks really healthy. He has really since reporting to camp. Um, he's drawn rave reviews for how healthy he's looked and how good he's looked. Um, and it's it's so funny how little we've talked about him, considering the plans changed from, you know, he was on track to be back in late May, and then he was going to get DH at bats in April and not play the field until May. And now it looks like, you know, I asked him a couple, you know, recently, whether, you know, the plan was for him to get at bats before then, return to play the field, and he, you know, he told me through the team interpreter that, you know, when when I return, you know, the way I see it is when I return, I'm gonna play right field, and so I I think that's looking like uh, right now the first week of May, but from what I've heard, the Braves just don't know how much field he's going to get to start, so that's gonna be really important because that just really changes the entire outfield alignment and the outlook for the first month and a half of the season.
0: Speaking of outfield, the next outfielder may be Michael Harris. Gabe, you got a chance to watch him a couple of times while you were there filling in for Justin before he officially got sent down. How does he look to you?
1: You know, he's uh, he's going to be really, really good. I mean, this guy this guy is clearly the most talented prospect in this system. It's pretty fun to think about having him and in Acuna in an outfield long term, and that's that's what's going to happen. So, look, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not one for hyperbole when it comes to prospects and everything but i I really believe that this kid's going to be special and we'll see you know whenever whenever he gets up um no rush to bring him up they've got you know the outfielders to kind of handle that now so so they'll be patient with him and and we'll see if he just keeps tearing up but again I, i think they have a really spectacular prospect on their hands with him
0: one of the other pieces of news this week is that five Braves are going to go to arbitration. Swanson, Riley, Duvall, Freed, and, and Jackson. And Gabe, I know fans kind of get nervous about this process. How do players feel about it?
1: I mean, it's it's part of business. Uh, it's just part of the realities of baseball. It, I mean, look, I mean, a lot of these guys, I'm sure, would have you know, rather, the t- you know, they're filing at a number and the team is below them, obviously. So it makes sense. Some of these guys are long-term extension candidates. And I say candidates as just logically, do they want to keep Max Free around long term? The answer is probably yes, and I don't. I wouldn't anticipate. And it, this is a more of a Justin thing, but I wouldn't anticipate something there uh, anytime soon necessarily. But at some point, so look. I mean, sometimes guys aren't thrilled about it, but the bottom line is it's just part of the
2: business.
0: But, Justin, these trials are going to happen during the season.
2: Yeah, they'll happen during the season with you know kind of the compressed schedule. So, you know, if these don't get settled, which, um, you know, they, they probably likely won't just because the Braves are kind of known as a file-and-trial team, um, they, they will get settled during the season, which means uh, those players who did not come to an agreement before that filing deadline will make what the team filed um, until those hearings. And if they win those hearings, then they will make the difference of kind um, of, kinda, you know, the rest of, of what they had filed. So it's, it's going to be a weird kind of a weird thing like gabe said it's business um it's kind of sort of routine but i'm not going to act like you know five trials or you know hearings is a a small number last thing here
0: one of the one of the rule changes we got passed for 2022 is the ghost runner at second base in extra innings is back good or bad
2: bad and this is this is a sports writer talking who usually you know we the common thing about us is people think we just want to get home and we just want the games to end but this is awful because I think it does speed up the game. It does add up a new element. But if you're a reliever, man, I can't in good conscience watch those guys give up a bloop single or you know a, a single off the end of the bat and, and basically have it end the game. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like it. You should have to do more to score uh, to win a game in extra innings. It was fun for you know what it was worth the past couple of years given the circumstances, but I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I think it's dumb. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty <laughs> radical. Like I'm very open to really changing stuff, and to trying new things. Uh, and I think that baseball is in a state that it certainly should be experimenting and looking at other stuff. But this just. This is just dumb. Uh, it. It. it I, I'm anti-Manfred runner. Yeah. I mean everything Justin kind of just laid out. I don't really have that much to add to it. To be honest, I would prefer ties before doing this. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> So that's Lord. how against this runner thing. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm out. I'm way out.
2: Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. I agree with you, man. But ties, uh, put me under the category
1: sometimes of I do want to get home. <laughs> 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 I guess I don't have to worry about it as much anymore. Uh, but when I was on the beat, like I, I don't know, there's there's quite a few nights I wouldn't have minded ties, to be honest. Guys, don't
2: don't don't mind this this uh, sports features writer covering all sports with this cushy job now off the beat, um, kind of determining what we want to see in baseball.
0: I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I found it to be highly entertaining. Is it wrong? A little bit. It's not as wrong as seven inning double headers, but. I found it to be highly entertaining, and for a regular season game, let's speed it up. What I compromise on, maybe we can do it in the eleventh inning or the twelfth. Yes, but now, now of course, never in the playoffs. But I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm fine with it.
2: Wow, that's that's insane. Now I will. We've talked a lot about negotiations lately, um, and when you want something, you have to kind of budge on something else. So if we were negotiating this. I'm very much willing to budge on pushing this thing back. Uh, if I wanted something so bad that you needed to put the ghost runner in there, the Manfred runner, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I. It would need to be the twelfth inning, the thirteenth, whatever. I get it, but oh my god, to start extra innings, that's chaotic. We don't need a four-four game turning into nine-four because there was a runner on thing. And I, I can't believe you're saying that, Jay. I feel like yeah. you seem like a traditionalist to me.
0: I, I'm very old uh, in my 36 years, but I did I I warmed up to it. I said, you know, is it wrong? A little bit. Is it fun? Yeah, it's actually kind of fun, and uh, we we do get a result a little faster, which which is not the worst thing in the world. But we will leave that conversation uh, for another day. So, Gabe, it's great to have you back on the podcast. This will not be the last time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Always fun to talk a little baseball.
0: All right, by the way, coming out on Monday, Sarah Spencer and the Hawks report digging into why this team is just so darn inconsistent. And if you missed it, the Orlando Ledbetter got the first local interview with Matt Ryan pretty much moments after he stepped off the stage in Indianapolis. You can hear that on the Bowtie Chronicles for Atlanta Falcons fans. Just some of the sports offerings we have here from the AJC. Please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. This show to help us grow. We'll see you next time on the Braves report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution.
3: what's so great about being a Kroger boost member free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with boost by Kroger plus learn more at Kroger.com today when you're looking for leading cardiac treatment look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute